Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Pasquale De Vita, Pasquale De Vita to win the grand final for Gold Coast Knights. It's two goals to nil. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. Yeah, wars have been start up unless. Ball in and another free kick goal doubles Olympics advantage. And it is Kazan Muller once again in that wonderful left foot. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. Welcome to the NPL Sunday Show on the Brisbane Football Review. Scott and Adam, as usual, on the Sunday evening. Adam, how are you? I'm good. Uh, we're we're definitely uh, in the uh, in the straight now, as far as uh, the end of the season goes. And while there are no there are no premiers crowned this week, we have had a couple of um, exits uh, confirmed this week. Yes, there were a couple of exits confirmed. We might get to those later on, but no officially crowned premiers this week. But there's still some very very good football on show on Friday and Sunday. Also, a couple of games on Saturday afternoon. We took a break for the World Cup, though, but a good round overall. Yeah, it's uh, it's going on as uh, as we we expected. The, the teams that are that are fighting are fighting hard, they're, they're hanging on. But uh, but yeah, but also as well as uh, normal service resume for a lot of the uh, the uh, crown the, the premiers that have were crowned. Uh, at least two had a very big have very very decisive wins as they chase perfect seasons. They did. We'll get to those later on in the FQPR, but we'll start as always with the NPL. Competition, and we will start with MPL men's action from round 19 of the MPL men's. Just three rounds to go now after this weekend. We'll start on Friday night with a game which we did cover in person out at Walter Park, where Adam is very, very popular as the mayor of Morton Bay. It was a 3 2 <laughs> win for. I'm glad that's catching on, by the way. I absolutely yeah, very much well. enjoy that. It was a 3 2 win anyway for Morton Bay United over Brisbane City, but Brisbane City led by two goals. To nil goals from Oliver Plusen and Will Dent in the first half gave City that 2 0 advance. Declan, Declan Smith with a goal right before half time. Then Marquez Walters right after half time. Then Will Edmiston with 25 to go gave Morton Bay a crucial three points for them as they haven't officially secured finals football, but they're right on the cusp of doing so now. It's a great achievement for Cam Miller's side. Yeah, and the way th- this is celebrated, this is a very, very important win. Uh, obviously, Brisbane City are a finals contender, and to get a win over one, one of the chasing pack, uh, it's yeah, it, it leaves it down to a singular result. Now, after after the league resumes after next week's cup break, uh, to to chase uh, to to secure finals football, I think that was very, very important, especially ahead of. Uh, of the uh, Australia Cup campaign, which will will happen before before uh, we get we get to that uh, game in two weeks' time, the league game. Absolutely, stay tuned. We will have a Australia Cup preview here on the Prison Football Review coming out in the coming days. So keep your ears tuned for that on all our social media and podcasting platforms. But with Morton Bay, as I said, they're they're not there yet, but they're almost there. And this was third versus fifth going into the game. Obviously, City were in fifth, knocking on the door of a final spot. And at two nil up, that you would have. You would have had to imagine that they were in a, they would have been thinking that they're on the track to pushing into the top four on the night. But Morton Bay, as they've done quite often, I think it's something like between seven and ten points in the league this year alone, they've gained from losing positions. It's quite a record, isn't it? That's the one thing that we are seeing with this Morton Bay side. 
which perhaps what may have been missing in previous uh, seasons is just their resilience. They even at two 0 down, they didn't panic, it, and it, the the response was immediate after after William Dent's second goal. You thought, wow, you know, Brisbane City are on a roll here, and on a roll, momentum wise, they 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 had they just knocked off the uh, the league leaders the, the week previous, and go, going to to uh, Walter Park two 0 up, you would have thought that they were full of momentum, but uh, that momentum got wrestled straight away with a, with a beautiful header from uh, the set piece from from Declan Smith. To, to make it 2-1, and that was fairly important because it, then coming out of the second half, a quick a quick equaliser from Marquez Walters uh, made it 2 all, which left it then next goal wins, basically, and uh, it was uh, Will Edmondson who who came on and uh, and got the winner from a uh, tap-in and after after a, a nice bit of uh, movement, which uh, which basically saw the uh, saw the right. So the left side of uh, Brisbane City's defence uh, exposed, and, and the uh, and the cross from Sam Knight was beautifully placed for Will Edmondson to um, to uh, beat uh, Riley Stent in goal, and that, that was uh, was the game for for Morton Bay. Quick being the operative word when it comes to Marcus Walters, geez, got some pace about him, and you could see that in on the show in the second half when City had to push forward and try and get back into the game. I, I don't get many predictions right here on the Brisbane Football Review, but I will say one thing: I did say to you. At halftime, I did say if Morton Bay did get back to two, I thought they'd run away and win the game by win the game three two. And you could just got that sense the goal right before halftime was really really crucial to Morton Bay, and they, you could just sense the lift in the in the group from them from that goal. But with City, they didn't play that badly at all, did they? They were well and truly on top in the first half. They made the advantage count. It's just if they had been able to potentially hold that lead of two 0 going into halftime, maybe it's a different game. But they were certainly well and truly in the fight, and they're not out of the race for finals either. By any stretch of the imagination, with three rounds to go, I think where where this game was was I think in my opinion was lost was for the first forty minutes or so they really did a big job, uh, basically nullifying uh, Marquez Walters and they were they were bashing him around that he just couldn't get into positions every time he looked like he was he was uh, sort of getting on a break that that foul him or that you know push him off the ball. But then in the second half it was the midfield uh, battle which eventually was won by Morton Bay which did allow more room for the, for um, Marquez Walters then um, Jordan Farina coming on which was a very, very big tactical move as well because they opened up that second attacking sort of channel. And from, from there, that's where that's where that uh, Morton Bay uh, got on top and eventually it, it procured the winner. It most certainly did. And after the game, I was the head coach of Morton Bay, United Cam. We'll have to say after his side picked up a 3-2 come from behind win over Brisbane. We'll be back right after this. I'm joined by the coach of Morton Bay, Cam Miller. Cam, 3-2 winners here over Brisbane City. You came from two goals down. That must be a really, really pleasing win for you. It was a really, uh, really pleasing second half. Uh, that's that's for sure. Um, you know, we, we were disappointed to concede the two goals that we did. Really disappointed because it's stuff we worked on during the week, you know, in transition and, and the set piece. Um, so that hurt us. But, you know, overwhelmingly the response from the players, the character from, from everyone involved and the, the, the team spirit was fantastic. So well-deserved win and, yeah, again, really pleasing. Play, uh, proud of the players. It's a bit of a cliche, but the goal right before halftime must make it a lot easier for you. Oh, it did because two 0 down at halftime is a, com- a completely different scenario. But the the, the getting one back, um, I think from a confidence, you know, and a psychological perspective, the players is huge, um, and it, it gives us a, you know, we said to the players at halftime, come out and score first second half, and, and we're on here. And it came early second half, so yeah, and we and we just went on from there. It was good. You picked up a lot of points this year from losing positions. That must be something that's really encouraging for us. We get to the business end of the year that if you do go a goal down or even two goals down, 
you've got the character in the squad to find a way to get back into it. Yeah, exactly that. What you said, the character of the players is is fantastic. You know what? A big priority for me was uh, this year was was building a culture um, with really good people involved and and the, you know togetherness and and an attitude where you know we're never out of the game, we never stop is a big part of what we do, and it's chosen in performances yep. like tonight. And finally, a bit of a celebration going on tonight. You almost yeah. booked in the finals, but not quite yet. But attention now turns to the cup. Is that the week and halfway now? How do you how do you build from here now until that next time in the cup? Because a fair gap between now and then. Yeah, it is. It's been one of the big challenges we've had to face all year, to be honest. You know, jumping between league and, and Kappa Pro Series at Australia Cup, and we wanted to compete across all three. Um, so we're used to, to, to switching focus and switching how we prepare. So uh, the next fortnight's going to be exciting for us and for the players to prepare, and then into the cup game. We're really excited, mate. Yep. We just want to keep playing games and keep winning, and we want to see how far we can take this. Thank you to the camp for talking to us on Friday. A very happy Morton Bay. You could certainly sense they were quite happy. They Maybe they think finals is almost secure, but you could also sense the real excitement in the group after a comeback win and they got the big cup game in a week and a half's time as well. Yeah, it, it is uh, a very, very tight-knit group. And you, you can just you can just tell, even even on the pitch, they're, they're, at the moment, they're, they're, they're pretty much riding um, a lot of momentum and you know, when when this side constantly does uh, come seem to come back from uh, from losing positions a couple of times where they they have sort of fought back but the the hole was maybe a little too deep or they got back and then let it slip again like they did the week before up at uh, up at Ballinger Park but uh, be that as it may they uh, they do they, they never seem to be out of a out of a game and to have the belief in a squad it's a very very powerful thing that you know that. The top teams generally have, and look, I think there's, there's no doubting about it. You know, Morton Bay are a top team in this league this season. They are on track for finals, not quite there yet. We'll see if they can clinch that in a couple of weeks' time. The other game played on Friday night also had huge ramifications in the race for the top four. It was sixth place Rochdale hosting fourth place Lions. It was a one-all draw in the end between both sides. Ollie Dern gave Rochdale a lead in the first half for a late Jackson Hart Phillips equaliser, gave Lions a share of the sports, which you would have to say is a result that certainly benefits the visiting side in this case is it, in terms of it keeps them in the top four for another week and also maybe dense Rochdale's chances of pushing into the, that late run for the finals. Yeah, I think for, for finals football now, uh, it, it does become difficult for Rochdale uh, you know, with, with, uh, with dropping the two points to, to Lions late. If Lions does keep them keep the others at bay but uh but yeah it really um i think that hurt roachdale more than it hurt lions as far as you know as they're in a winning position and they uh they dropped the two points absolutely so we'll move on now to the sole game played on saturday afternoon obviously the rest of the games have moved to sunday due to the women's world cup at brisbane stadium it was a one nil win for the visiting sunshine coast wanderers at cleveland showgrounds against Redlands, a late goal from Harrison Hooper gave Sunshine Coast the win in this game. We did cover it on our social media platforms, Adam, and the turnaround for Sunshine Coast under Kevin Hearn Evans is quite remarkable. So from where they were, the form in the back half of the season isn't just survival form; it's borderline finals form. What they're producing at the moment, the Wanderers. Uh, I think it's I think it's uh, ten points that they've um, they've picked up since uh, Kevin Hearn Evans took over uh, from from Paul Arneson and. Uh, yeah, look, it's not only uh, it's not been an amazing turnaround; it is a status-preserving turnaround because they're now safe. 
Uh, they will be playing MPL football next season, which would have been the major objective of the club at the season and and probably the catalyst for the change. So I think it's, it's mission accomplished with uh, and with three games to go. I think uh, at one point, if they were going to survive, it was going to come down to last to last weeks, but uh, they they can enjoy the last uh, month of the season uh, with any fear without any fear of favour. They actually probably have a couple of games that could actually shape uh, the sort of composition they run home for the finals. So I don't think it's a job done such, but for their own um, ambitions, uh, they're, 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 they've survived and they'll be there uh, playing in the top flight next year, all being well with uh, Football Queensland's licensing regulations. Well, you would imagine that would be a formality given they're in the league now. And Redlands mm. weren't terrible on the game. It wasn't the greatest of games in fairness between two sides. You could tell it was a case where both sides probably realised it was only going to be one goal in the game and both were hoping it went their way it went the way of the Wanderers in this game. But Redlands also yet again have shown what a showed what a tough side they are in this game. Didn't go their way, but gee, they're a tough side. Yeah, that's exactly it. and this is this is uh, it was a case of one one opportunity taken from a uh, from a, a set piece it was a bit of a scramble and uh, Harrison Hooper was the one that got the boot to the ball to put it put in. But uh, yeah, this is a very even game and uh, two sides uh, that are very, very evenly matched, and and they and they on their day can really sort of pose problems, especially uh, Redlands at home at uh, Compass Grounds. Yes, they didn't get the three points today, but that uh, leaves them with one more result to for them to uh, survive, and that they will be the tenth team in. Um, it's now in their hands, and also they probably have Olympics fate in their own hands. They do. Just one point will be enough for Redlands in the final three games. We'll see if they can get that in a couple of weeks' time. We'll move now to the Sunday action in the NPL men's. We'll go through this game pretty quickly, Adam, because it didn't really have a lot of implications for the season as a whole. East, the already relegated East host Brisbane Royal Academy, Raw with a 3-2 win over East. Gosson, Fernando, Nash, Ty Cobb, and Isaiah Quinn for the Brisbane Raw. Emmy Martinez and Alex Simmons for, for East. Raw flew out the gates here for a 3-2, 3-0 start, and then East showed some fight in the second half to get themselves back into the game, but not quite enough on this occasion. At the start of the game, a win was going to be enough for the Raw also to uh, to to uh, preserve their uh, their top flight status. Uh, it, in the end, didn't really matter as as was the draw down at uh, down at Coplex, which we'll talk about shortly. But uh, but yeah, I, but a win's a win, and um, a good. A good bounce back after a good performance last week against uh, Gold Coast Knights, and uh, and yeah, it's good to see uh, young Fernando Nash on the board as well. I think I I have the sneaking suspicion for the rest of the season he'll be leading the line um, with his his uh, former running mate in uh, up in attack Tom Waddingham. I think is going to be playing, going to be required for the senior team. So a good opportunity for for. Um, Fernando Nash, his, his second season at this level, to sort of take that advantage for take that um, take the opportunity in at this uh, level for, for the last few games of the season. Absolutely, I think you're right with Tommy Waddingham as well. He's been around the A League preseason squad already, and they haven't got any other attacking options. So I suspect he will certainly get his chance in the A League squad in that Australia Cup game against Newcastle in a couple of weeks' time. And speaking of the A League, congratulations to Trent Millard, who's been in this Raw squad for a number of years now. He's signed a scholarship deal with the A League champion Central Coast. Congratulations and good luck to Trent as he makes the move down to Gosford. The final two games played from round 19 in the men's, NPL men's, were both down on the Gold Coast and had the exact same score. We'll start at Carrara first. Adam nil all draw between Gold Coast Knights and Peninsula Power. Probably a better result for Knights than Power in terms of it does end, probably does end Power's faint 
finals hopes. Been a good resurgence from from the from the Redcliffe side in the second half of the year. Still unbeaten in the league under Aaron Philp, which is a positive, but it probably means they're not going to be able to get the points in the last three games to make finals. And Knights, they do maintain their lead at the top. They're getting a lot of help uh, if they're going to if they're going to make the finals from there. But uh, look, at the end of the day, it's a case it's a case of uh, survival first. And that does does why they they uh, they changed the coach and why they brought in a, a number of players. That's a uh, mission accomplished. And now they get to look forward to a, a cup run starting with uh, with a Friday night against uh, against uh, Wellington Phoenix at home. Should be a very good occasion up there at AJ Kelly Park. The final game from round 19 was also on the Gold Coast, as I said, and also a little draw between Gold Coast United and Olympic Zone. United may or may not have known the full-time score from from Carrara, but they did miss the chance to close the gap at the top. And Olympic, they remain alive in their quest for survival, but barely. Yeah, uh, barely as far as they need to at this stage needs need to turn around a, a negative 14 goal difference on Redlands and and they need they need to be perfect the rest of the way. Redlands only need one point three games. So we're we're in the laps of the gods uh, for Olympic fans unfortunately that you know it's it now comes down to this where they, they need a lot of help. Uh, and uh look to to be honest, uh yeah I think I think this will be I think they'll they'll have the cup final next week, and then uh, two weeks' time that might be the, the final hurrah. I just it's just it is it is Everest. It's an Everest of a climb for Olympic to survive from here. Not impossible, but uh, yeah, I think we've got to start being realistic about it. Absolutely, I certainly agree with that. So Redlands need a one point out of Brisbane City at home, Brisbane Roar at home, and Peninsula Power away. Whereas Olympic would need maximum points against Rochdale at home. Gold Coast Knights away and East at home. And as you mentioned, there's the goal difference factor on top of that. So I certainly think calling it Everest is probably accurate. And also I would say strange things have happened in the NPL, but I'm not sure anything stranger than that happening would have actually happened. That sequence of results would be quite remarkable. As we enter the last three weeks of the season, there's some still some really good battles in this competition, isn't there? We'll go through a table in just a moment, but the top, top is closing in for Gold Coast Knights, but the race for second is well on truly alive and so is the race for the third and fourth spots as well with a couple of teams still fighting for finals well that might be the uh with this with this result today uh gold coast united uh, only uh picking up a point all of a sudden morton bay and a home field final at walter park does not seem like a um a a a uh, a difficult task. They uh, they're only two points behind. Uh, so Gold Coast United just need to be careful that while they are not they're not losing, they're not winning either. And uh, they they got they just got to be careful they don't uh, they don't sort of you know have Morton Bay go past them because they they they're a team in form at the moment. Uh, Lions as well. Similarly, the Brisbane City are probably their their their, main, their chief rivals as far as fourth spot. It may be those two teams left coming down for that fourth. But again, Lions, uh, they they dropped some points lately, and they they need to sort of they need to get back uh, on the winning trail. Complicated by the fact that they also have a cup, an Australia Cup campaign to also keep one eye on. So, look, it's uh, yeah, I think a lot of things are decided. I think uh, Gold Coast Knights are almost there as far as being Crown Premiers, but uh, there's certainly a few mini battles along the way before we know the composition of the final four. Uh, come come the end of the season. 
Absolutely. But the mayor does have hope for a home final in a couple of weeks. And we'll see if they can get that skewed. In terms of the table, as I said, after round 19 of the NPL men's competition, the table is as follows. Gold Coast Knights top of the table on 41 points. They remain five points clear of their cross-town rivals, Gold Coast United, on 36. And it is Morton Bay, 34. Lions rounding out the top four on 31. Then it's Brisbane City, 28. Rochdale, 27. Brisbane Raw, 26. Peninsula Power, 25. Sunshine Coast, 25. All those sites have secured safety at the very least for next season. Redlands, 22. And then it's Olympic, 13. And the already relegated East are on eight. So that's standings with just three rounds to go in the league. And we will have our final golden boot update of the season. And this will make Adam quite happy as well. Marcus Walters with his goal on Friday night goes top of the golden boot stands with 15 goals. One clear of Andy Pengeli on 14 and Mac Madeleine Ante Poliak tied on third. So I imagine you're quite happy about that, Mr. Mayor. It's, he's had a great year, Marcus Waltz, hasn't he, in all fairness. He's been a key part of that Morton Bay side. A reward for determination, for effort, for reinvention. Uh, all, all those cliches. Um, look, you know, a person I'm very, very happy for, for Marquez Walters, the way he he has come back this season. And from what they tell me around the traps at Morton Bay, he's, he's been a tireless worker. So, so the rewards he's getting at the moment, you know, leading the Golden Boot race three to go, yeah, amongst two two former Golden Boot winners in um, Andy Pengelly and Marek Madley chasing, uh, look, I think it'll be a it'll be a remarkable achievement if he can if he can hold on and he just got to do what he keeps on doing, scoring goals. Because when he's scoring goals, Morton Bay are playing well. But uh, just on the um, the chase, the second, third, at the moment, uh, two points behind uh, Morton Bay from uh, Gold Coast United at the moment as well. We. we uh, those who follow our stuff on social media knows that we'll post all the standings tomorrow morning or Monday morning, whenever you listen to this. Uh, but uh, yeah, Morton Bay actually had the goal difference advantage over uh, Gold Coast United at this current time. So, so for example, in two weeks' time, uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers visit Coplex and they fail to get a point and uh, Morton Bay were to beat uh, uh, the Young Raw, Morton Bay could be second. So that's how tight this race is going to be going into the final two weeks of the season when we, when the uh, fixturing goes for simultaneous kickoffs. And I know about you, Scott, but I can't wait for that because that's going to be if if history has been a repeater, there's some very very weird, weird, weird and wonderful results can come out of those simultaneous kickoffs. I think it's one of the one of the great things that Football Queensland and the competition department has scheduled for all the leagues are the simultaneous kickoffs in the last two weeks of the season. Absolutely, their app's got some problems, but the simultaneous kickoffs are very, very good. I'm glad they're doing it for two weeks and not one. And I'm sure the mayor will be calling Sunshine Coast looking for that favour, but we'll see if they can manage that in two weeks' time. We'll move now to the NPL Women's Competition, round 23 of the NPL Women's Competition. We'll start with the game which we did cover on Sunday afternoon, our match of the round, which was fourth place Gold Coast against second placed Eastern Suburbs. They won all draw between the two sides. Zoe Corbett gave Gold Coast the lead in the 50th minute. Emma Starr got the equaliser with 20 minutes from time. And it was a, a matchup which it had that semi final feel about it in terms of the intensity. It was a really tight, tense game, and a draw was probably a fair result in the end. Is that the way you saw it? Two teams that are very, very evenly matched. Two real opportunities. Uh, uh, Zoe Corbett's uh, goal to open the score in the second half was a well-taken um, shot that um, that that beat Mia Bailey. All ends up, you know, and Mia has been very, very good for for a Gold Coast uh, since she she earned the starting position. And uh, yeah, that that was just a 
Uh, sorry, not Mia Bailey. I'm sorry, Evan Gibbon, I should say. That, that doesn't work. But, uh, wrong end yeah, of the field. Wrong end of the field. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, Emma, well, conversely, Emma Gibbon has been very, very good for Eastern Suburbs. I can salvage some of that statement. Uh, and then uh, a beautifully Tom Cross from uh, Lauren Ascom found Emma Starr, who, who uh, heads home from virtually point blank to make it one all. And they are really the only uh, two two chances. And uh, and yeah, and both teams did a great job marking marking out uh, the others' uh, threats. So in in uh, Bron- Bronte Rose has been on absolute fire as far as scoring goals. Uh, Eleven goals in the last four weeks for for her. Uh, and uh, at the other end, the always. Um, you always dangerous, softy person. You really didn't get much of a look in uh, from uh, from the uh, from East's point of view, and that that's uh, that uh, centre back pairing uh, that involves uh, Mary Craven. I couldn't see. I know um, Tal Stevens did not play this afternoon, so I didn't didn't quite recall who the who was in defence for Gold Coast, but uh, they did an excellent job, uh, really sort of sort of uh, nullifying that threat. So. Look, absolutely finals football uh, feel to it. And, uh, yeah, I think this is a fair result. A very good defence that for Gold Coast United. No doubt about that. But with East, it was a – the resilience they showed to get the goal back in this game, I think, is really telling for them going into the business end of the season. They are coming off that loss last week at home, two lines. When they went down in this game, it could have been back-to-back defeats, which, which wouldn't have been catastrophic, but certainly would have made a top-two finish more difficult to acquire. So the – the, the just the the courage, oh, not the courage, the resilience to fight back and get the equaliser in this game. I think is really important for them going into the semi-finals. Oh, look, it's no secret they're they're a very very good team, and uh, in in a league where, as we say, lines are the benchmark, but East are you got to give them a lot of credit. They are a very very good team, and uh, they 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 shot week in week out. They they do it quietly. They don't they don't have the sort of you know the the absolute you know firepower. Where you know, say the team like Lions or even Peninsula Power from time to time has shown, has shown where they'll go out and blow teams off the park. They just work hard, and uh, for finals football, I actually think they're actually built better for that than sort of league football, where that you know they they can on occasion you know really sort of you know belt teams around. They're 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 very very hard to, to break. See how they go in the finals in a couple of weeks' time, assuming things go right from here. The, the draw for Gold Coast did give Mitchell the chance to close the gap. But firstly, actually, we need to mention Gold Coast. They did play their game in hand during the week. It was a 2-1 win for Gold Coast over the QIS. Adam mentioned Bronte Rose has been in goal-scoring form, to say the least. She got two more goals midweek against QAS to give them a 2-1 win. So that did extend the lead out still further. But Mitchelton did peg it back just a little bit on Friday night, Adam, with a 4-1 win over Southside. Two goals for Carla Wilson, one for Kelly Purifoy, and one for Rachel Fraser gave Mitchell a 4-1 win at home, a result which they just simply they had to have, and they did it quite comfortably. Yeah, if, uh, they they just have to at this stage. It's going to be tough. Uh, they do they do have the matchup against Gold Coast United, which that's that I think is going to be um, you know last uh, in two weeks' time, which is going to be uh, their their last chance, I'd say. And then they need to hope for one more result to go their way. Against uh, Gold Coast United, uh, for Gold Coast United, I should say. But uh, they do but play yeah. Lions at home next week. Oh, yes, next week, which could be a difficult mm-hmm. one for for Gold Coast. Yeah, so that, that uh, their, their hopes now, they just have to keep on winning. Uh, Mitchelton, that, that's all. That's all they can do. So, 
No, but either way, we said, and we touched on it last week that uh, no matter what happens, it'll be a very, very, it'll be an accomplished season for uh, Mitchton. Uh, they just, yeah, they said they just run into some teams that are that took their that took their opportunities more, and uh, and yeah, but this is a good bounce back after what was a disappointing loss the previous week. Absolutely, and also who were ha- very happy with the results this afternoon down at Coplex were Peninsula Power. They picked up a two-one win on Friday night away from home against Olympic FC. Bonnie Davies and Sarah Diapolonia on the score sheet for Peninsula Power. Gabrielle Francisco got a goal for Olympic. It was a late penalty that gave Peninsula Power the win in this game. Maybe not their most pretty performance of the season, but this stage of the year, as they try and hopefully from their perspective, catch up to East and host a semi-final, results are all that matters, and it was a, a crucial three points for them. Olympic, they still remain in that bottom bottom two, but it's still in their hands at the moment. Yeah, Olympic... Are showing that they're, they're they're putting up some fight. They're not the results aren't aren't there at the moment, but they are putting up some fight. Uh, look, you probably could have said you could have said that, uh, that the expectation was that Pinchel Power with the, all the firepower they have in their side, they they could have run up a score. But the fact that uh, they didn't, and uh, they they gave more all they could handle uh, uh, Olympic. I think that's that bodes well for them. I don't, I don't know if they'll, they'll escape. Uh, the playoffs that that all depends on South. So South, while they did get they get did get beaten on Friday night, they've got a bit of a buffer uh, still. So all they can do all they can do is just keep on sort of playing and play hard. But uh, yeah, uh, under uh, but uh, yeah, Olympic at the moment, I think of the t- of the two sides in trouble. I think they're the more likely to at least uh, earn the playoff. Yep, seven points behind South with four games to play, so it's unlikely they will catch. South, but it's still possible. The other games played this weekend, firstly up on Sunshine Coast. The QAS went up there between a 2 1 win over the Wanderers in this game. Two goals from Daisy Brown gave QAS a 2 0 lead. Louise Rolf gave the Wanderers some hope midway through the second half. But as we've said quite a few times now, QAS at their best are very, very competitive in this league and they moved well and truly up in the mid table. Now, they've gone ahead of the Wanderers with that result. Yeah, it's. Um... Yeah, they're in they're in sixth place. They're, they're, they've been they've been very very good uh, the last the last month or so of the season. As I said, the results with them aren't always the always what it's all about. Uh, the the uh, the result down at uh, down at Coppock's midweek, if they got beaten two one, but I think that was a, that was a good result because in the past, QIA sides gone down midweek on the Gold Coast and they and they've been hit for seven or eight. So the fact that they are they are a competitive team. And uh, they're going to they're finish comfortably mid-table rather than the and then relying on the uh, the old fabled exemption. That's definitely not going to come into play this year because they have certainly earned every point they have got on the standings at the moment. And they, and they look like they'll probably they could finish six or seven and well clear of the relegation zone. And in fairness, they've never needed the the um, the safety net, unlike mm. the Raw last year, who did require it. They've never needed the exemption, and QAS will not need it. This year, either the final game of the round was down at Max Haynes Field between Bahalaba and Lions, and Bahalaba took a shock lead on the half hour mark through Kyla Hansen, and they took that lead to half time. But I think Robasky might have given them a bit of a wake up call at half time. So it finished Lions five, Bahalaba one, and Tegan Riding with all five goals in the second half. A superb second half performance from Lions and Tegan Riding, and a, it's a crucial, it's an important three points, but. Might have been a bit trickier than you would have thought on paper. 
I tell you what, I do not feel. Um, I, I do feel very sorry. I should say for for our uh, our good friends uh, who who monitor the line social media, because I reckon there would have been a few abusive um, messages for those for those idiot punters that did go the half time full time double that, that had gamble responsibly lines. and make sure you gamble with the right money and all the rest of what you have to say these days. But you're probably right; those messages would have been flying in. <laughs> Because uh, yeah, Capalabar one nil up at half time against uh, Lions women's. Yeah, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have backed up with your money, Scott. So, um, so yeah. But uh, but look, uh, yeah, the, the the goal that Kyla Hansen did score was a very very good goal that uh, that she she beat. Uh, I think it was. I didn't see who was in goal. I think, I think it was Ellie Chapel. Um, it was. Yeah, in, in goals, uh, bit of a very very cute angle. Uh, and so a very, very well-worked goal. And uh, from from the highlights I saw you know, scrolling through that game, that Falabar were, were up for it for the first half. But as as is against Lions, that uh, 45 minutes is not enough to, to play. You you have to play out the full 90. And once that the machine starts rolling, yeah, it's it's very, very hard to stop. And uh, it was, it was uh, yeah, 60. It, they... they, they they drew. They held it to the fiftieth minute, and then uh, Lions hit the front in the sixtieth minute, and then from there, it uh, it goes. Uh, it went that way, but uh, but yeah, across the three games, uh, some some really sort of um, let's call them interesting statistics. The three game series between Lions and Capalabar finished uh, nineteen to two on aggregate to Lions, and Tegan and Tegan Riding scored eleven of those goals. For for Lions, on the other side, I think Kyle Hanson got both the goals in in uh, in those games for uh, for Capalabar. But um, yeah, we don't like to we don't want to shine too much a lot. But that's just a, you know for those uh, stats nerds out there. First of all, I wouldn't have backed back Capalabar with my money, guys. Let alone giving it to you to do so. Two, Kyla Hanson, she's a really good young player. We've seen that a number of times, haven't we? In terms of she's actually done really well in this fixture as well as you mentioned and. I think they kind of drew the short straw Capalabar, didn't they? In terms of, they had they were the team who had to play Lions coming off the the East run. In terms of every single time they played East, next week they played Capalabar, and obviously the first round through East ended the long unbeaten run. So somebody was going to cop the brunt of that, and unfortunately it was Capalabar on that occasion, which is probably where a lot of the goals in that goal difference you mentioned did come from. So it was a bit of an unfortunate scheduling draw there for Capalabar, but it but. They are still well and truly in the fight to avoid the automatic relegation spot. And just quickly, congratulations to Capalabar on their, their annual Pink Day fundraiser they've had all weekend. Looks like a great weekend down there on with the juniors on Saturday, the double-headed with the senior teams today. So they look like they've had a great fundraiser down there. So congratulations to all of them uh, down over on Capalabar for that. We'll move on to the table now. I was, gonna say, I was just yep. going to say, that was a, that's a really snazzy uh, kit. That, that, uh, that I didn't see what the men wore, but I know. See, see the men the... had a pink kit. Okay, yeah. The, well, it wasn't actually a pink kit that uh, that the, the women had, but that was a really striking kit. So, look, uh, yeah, the the, uh, the pink day for for Capalaba, that's been uh, an issue for a few years now, and um, yeah, they ought to be congratulated for for that uh, for, for for all that. Good to see the football community getting behind a very worthy cause. Go to the table now in the NPL women's competition after round twenty three. Lions sit top of the table on sixty one points. They are nine points clear of East Tour on fifty two. And it's potential of power. On 50, then Gold Coast Young round out the top four on 42. Then it's Mitchelton 35, QAS 23, Sunshine Coast 21, South 19, Olympic and Capalabar 
on 12 with a sizable sizable goal difference advantage for Olympic there as we go into the last handful of handful of games there's really three battlegrounds isn't there there's the fight for second between East and Peninsula Power the fight for fourth between Gold Coast and Mitchelson and then there's that that ninth tenth playoff spot between Olympic and Capalaba all three still well in play as we enter the last month of the season yeah there's uh yeah, there are a few battles left to go and uh I think I think we'll expect them to sort of go to go right down to the wire, especially the I think the, the second, third, fourth, and fifth place uh, that battle. I think that's going to converge. They all play each other within within a couple of weeks of each other. So I think that those those two narratives could could merge at some some point. Uh, but to, but on conversely on the other side, the things while I think Olympic are. Uh, at the moment, they're, they're probably playing a lot better than what Kapalabar is, at least results-wise. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised that, that if there's a twist and tail in that in that battle as well. So I think it's all all to play for. And uh, look, South as well. While they're clear at the moment, they they do have a cup final. So they I think that they they want to ensure that at least their performances are of a standard that they don't go into uh, they don't go into the uh, the Kappa Cup final on the first September in absolutely you know rotten form because uh, yeah we uh, if anything goes to last year uh, Lions I don't I don't think I don't think they'll show them much mercy if uh, if they're not at least at their best you wouldn't have thought so and there's two quick points that you mentioned the Olympic Palabar the form line well they play next weekend at Goodwin Park so that could very well be decisive in terms of who gets the playoff spot and who goes down automatically we'll see how that matchup goes. Next, we can end as quickly in the NPL women's golden boot. Unsurprisingly, Tegan riding with her five goals. This evening, she's clear on the golden boot. With, stands with 31 goals. Bonnie Davies and Kelly Purifoy tied on 23. So a bit of a gap there for Bonnie and Kelly to, to try and close in the last month of the season. But there's certainly prolific goals. We'll see if either of them can deny Tegan riding another NPL women's golden boot. We'll move on now to the FQPL wrap, though. Adam, and we'll start with FQPL1 men's action. We'll go through the results and we might talk about couple of these games in a moment, but the results are as follows. Sunshine Coast, sorry, Southwest Queensland Thunder 4, Southside Eagles 0, Wynnum Wolves 2, Albany Creek 1, Surface Paradise 7, Mitchelton 0, Caboolture 2, Capalabar 1, Brisbane Strikers 4, Sunshine Coast 2, Western Pride 2, Logan Lightning 2. We might start with that matchup as well as the Wynnum Wolves Albany Creek, Adam, because the late winner for Wynnum Wolves in the 83rd minute from Lachlan Mears is really important given that Western Pride came back and snatched a very late equaliser through Tom Alton to deny Logan all three points. And that could be very, very crucial in deciding who finishes second and gets that second promotion spot to NPL next year. That Tom Alton goal, that that is season-changing. That that could potentially be because they didn't know at the time. Uh, but, yeah, Lachlan Mears' winner, which came... Uh, well, just just going back to on that Wynnum uh, Albany Creek game, nil or half time, um, and then Jack Webb after 19 seconds puts uh, put Wolves up in front. Uh, all for, all for Albany Creek to peg it back with an Ali Russell goal in the 82nd in the 82nd minute before uh, Lachlan Mears scored 45 seconds after that to give Wynnum Wolves a 2-1. Which again they they didn't know at the time, they, but uh, then uh, the the uh, the events down at uh, Briggs Road certainly changed with that. With Logan up two nil, uh, two nil late in the piece before two two goals. The Mitch Bird header header and then uh, the uh, Tom Alton he- header both from set pieces. 
basically, yeah, it's um may have uh, dented Logan's uh, promotion hopes. So Winnable's now two points clear of Logan, and they have a vastly superior goal difference. So it's basically a three-point mm. gap as things stand currently. A very, very good day for Winnable's. Wolves. We might talk about the other end of the table in just a moment. But firstly, Brisbane Strikers has came back and won by four goals to two. They are clinging to that fourth spot. Adam, Southwest Queensland Thunder have gone on the late run to try and push into the top four. Samballs, as it's become known, is making the late charge. But... It, there's four points between the two sides with three games to go. You'd have to say strikers should have enough to hold on, but the the form revival of, of Southwest Queensland Thunder is certainly impressive. Six straight wins for Sam Ball, and uh, look, they 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 finally showed the sides side that we thought they were at the start of the season. It's again a bit like uh, Peninsula Power uh, in the MPL. That you know, what could have been had they been able to put it together. They certainly put it together. And, uh, yeah, Strikers winning today up at Kiwana, that's a big result for them as far as their top four hopes because if they if they drop points, they they were they were in trouble being absolutely swallowed by both Thunder and Western Pride, both the, the, probably the form team just outside of um, the league leaders. We'll get to them in a moment. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, that, that finals race, while Strikers will, will sort of go into the final three weeks of season as favoured to finish fourth, Ah, uh, look, uh, if they stumble, Thunder and Pride are going to be there. Absolutely. And Strikers, you actually travel away to their partner club, Winnables now, I guess. You'd say second division, national yep. second division partner anyway. So that's a very important matchup in two weeks' time. But you did mention the league leaders, um, Surface Paris Apollo. We won't focus on them this week. They had a 7-0 win, a hat-trick for Teddy Watson, but it's more that that result means that Mitchelton have been officially relegated from FQPL1, they will be dropping down to FQPL2 next year. It hasn't been the season that anyone at Travel Park would have been hoping for on the men's side. Yeah, it's been been a very very tough season. I think it's almost mercifully that uh, yeah that uh, their their fate has been sealed. Um, last two weeks especially has been very very tough for them. So um, yeah, uh, it's never never good to uh, to say goodbye to. Um, to a club from from uh, this division, and Mitchell especially, they they for for a long while were considered, you know, potentially uh, just just a bit off, um, perhaps you know, from being promoted uh, a couple of times, a couple of finals appearances uh, last season that they they sort of survived, uh, they they were able to survive, you know, with with a mid season revival, but this season just it just hasn't happened for them, and uh, yeah, it's, it's unfortunately. Yeah, two, eight, two wins, 13 losses for the season and four draws. Uh, that's enough to see them uh, see them relegated. And uh, Southside Eagles, I think that there are hopes as well. Uh, nine, nine points of three to play. Uh, look, they, 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 like Olympic, need an absolute miracle um, as far as their survival goes. Kabulcha and Sunshine Coast Fire are both on 21 points, nine points clear, but the, both those sides only need a point in the last three rounds uh, to to be uh, to, to, and uh, Southside Eagles need to be perfect. Yeah, Mitchell's always agree with you. It's been a really tough season for them and it hasn't really gone right for them this year, although you would say they might be the first side to actually drop down to FQPL2 and bounce mm. back because no one's gone down to two and come back, so they might be the first side to do that. As for Southside Eagles, you're right, they're right, their degree of difficulty is very Olympic-esque. They don't have the goal difference dramas to overcome that yeah. Olympic do. And their final three games are against Sunshine Coast, Caboolture and relegated Mitchelton. So they do have the oh. opportunity in terms of the matches that they do play. But the, the, to your point, 
both Sunshine Coast and Caporcha only need a point, and then even with that relatively easy run, and it doesn't matter anyway. We'll see if South Sea Eagles can complete the great escape in a couple of weeks' time. We'll go through the table now, as and it is as follows after 19 rounds. Surface Paradise are four points clear on top on 43 points, ahead of Wynnum Wolves, Logan Lightning in third on 37, and there's Brisbane Strikers around at the top four on 31. There's Southwest Queensland, Thunder and Western Pride tied on 27. Then Kapalawa, 23, Albany Creek, 22, Sunshine Coast, 21, Caboolture, 21, and Southside Eagles, 12, Mitchelson on 10. And as for the golden boot in this competition, Mitch Burt's its top, well, alongside Teddy Watson on 13 goals, Luke Broderick and Joel Russell on 12, equal second, and Morgan Saunders is third on 11. So, oh, well, he's fifth, but equal, once you take the equal players, there's five players there between two goals between them, Adam and Three of them are from the league-leading Surface Paris Apollo side. Yeah, their, their chances of back-to-back promotions into MPL, uh, it's it's still it's still well and truly in their hands with the buffer of uh, of that four points. But uh, yeah, the I think a lot of what's going on as far as at the top end of the table that revolves at the as as you mentioned. Of that of that matchup between uh, Wolves and Brisbane Strikers, the two partners in Brisbane United, uh, because they could pretty much one could cost the other as far as their their aspirations. Uh, the Strikers for, to to pretty much to solidify their place in top four. If they get the win over uh, over Wolves, they could they could potentially cost uh, Wolves the, the title, the premiership. But but also conversely, if if Wolves were to keep themselves alive in in the uh, title chase, um, yeah, they they could certainly uh, hamper Strikers' top four hopes. So that that is going to be a fascinating contest uh, in, in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, and uh, Surface Paradise do play Caboolture, uh away, which I'm not sure whether that will be played because it is saying that they're away. But I don't know if Morton Bay be released yet. I'll just, you know, I'm not we'll sure why. To... We'll, we'll double check that and get back yeah, to we'll you. Yeah, we'll double check. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll double check that. And I will. Yeah. I was speaking gibberish earlier, so I'll go slower through the golden boot for yeah. FQPO. And Mitch Burt and Teddy Watson tied on equal first on 13 goals. Luke Broderick and Joel Russell tied for 12 goals each on second. They're third and fourth, and then Morgan Saunders on 11. That is the golden boot standings in FQPL one. Men's will move on to FQPL2 men's now quickly. Adam will go through the results. He won't spend too much time on this competition because there's not much change this week. The results are as follows. Holland Park 2, North Star 1, Ittrich Knights 1, Souths 1, Grange Thistle 2, Magic United 1, North Lakes 3, Maruchador 1, Broadbeach 2, St. George 0, Turinga 1, Sanford 1. Not a, lot of, not a lot really here changes the standings, Adam, in terms of the way things were. Holland Park with their win and Magic dropping points does close the gap for them in terms of that fourth spot. And Grange are within a game now of St. George Willowong as well for that second promotion spot. So maybe Grange could be making the late run to claim a promotion to FQPL1 perhaps. Uh, the punters the punters mate in FQPL2 Magic United going down to Grange Thistle. Uh, third, that was 34th. Um, obviously, but yeah, that that opens the door up for Holland Park to perhaps finish fourth. And uh, Magic United, they have the um, 
they they have the distinction of perhaps being if they can finish in top four, every FQPL or MPL Gold Coast based club will be playing finals football. So I think the pressure is on on them to to do the clean sweep. For, for the Gold Coast, I know a lot of our followers, they do remind us in their comments on a weekly basis about how good uh, at least the the, uh, the Premier, the Football Queensland Premier League teams are going from the Gold Coast in in uh, in those leagues. So pre- pressure's on them. But um, Broadbeach for them, a good good win over St George Willabong. Uh, this afternoon, uh, we had I had we had that as the uh, FQPL two game of the week, and uh, Broad Beach now it's uh, the quest for, for perfection. Now they're three games away, and uh, yeah, I think I think that they, um, barring any sort of you know, lapses, uh, this may have been the last challenge for them because I thought St George Willowong, uh they were in it for a long period, but um, a nice uh, free kick from uh, uh, from to scored by Tivanelli. Uh, yep. Yeah, it's a who is he? The words right out of my mouth. Uh, great, great free kicking and Daniel Fogarty with the uh, with the late sort of sealer to make it make the point safe. But uh, yeah, they're the three wins from perfection. And those three games will be against Sanford away, Magic United at home, potentially fighting for that final spot, and then North Star away from home on the final. That's uh, sorry, I was going to say history suggests that that game had two rounds to go at I assume it's at Birmingham Road. It's a home game, actually, so it's at Oh, okay. Okay, so not so bad, but uh, because uh, I, I bring that up because Magic United were the ones that uh, that stopped Surface Paradise Apollo's quest for perfection last season, the second round, second last game of the season at Birmingham Road. So, uh, yeah, that I'm might sure, be I'm sure Broadbeach won't mind a similar fate to Surface Paradise if they also then win the grand final and then have an FQPL one season like Surface are, but we'll see if they can do it. And just quickly, you mentioned... If Magic hold on, all the Gold Coast teams will be in the finals. Rabina City and the FQPL women might want to get a move on to try and secure a top four spot as well. If they can do that, it will be a complete clean sweep. But in the men's, you're right, Magic, if they hold on, will be a clean sweep for the Gold Coast sides. Also, at the other end of the table, the draw for it to its night and the win for, Mad- for North Lakes probably secures safety for those two sides. We'll see if South or Marichal have anything to say about it. But we'll, with three rounds, it's looking very tough for those sides. We'll go to the table now in FQPL2, Broadbeach are top of the table on 57 points. They are promoted and premiers. Magic, sorry, St. George Willowong second on 39. Then Grange Sissel 37. Magic round out the top four on 30. Then Holland Park also on 30. Then, Matt, then Sanford 26. Turinga 24. North Star 22. Ipswich 17. North Lake 17. South United 12. And Maruchador on nine. The Golden Boot leaders in FQPL2 men's. Josh Squires of Magic is on 17. Daniel Fogarty from Broad, Broad Beach on 15, and Kato Ayochi from St. George Belong on 13, tied with Yusuf Hidu of Turinga. So that's the FQPL2 gone boot. Another award potentially heading down the Gold Coast. And we'll move on to FQPL1 <laughs> women's results now from the weekend. Round 17, FQPL1 women's results are as follows. Southwest Queensland Thunder 4, Broad Beach United 1, Morton Bay 1, Western Pride 0, Virginia 2, Rabina 0, and Brisbane City 10, Logan Lightning to the most important result here from the weekend is probably the win for Morton Bay over Western Pride in, in that it keeps Morton Bay's hopes of avoiding the automatic relegation spot alive and puts a little bit of pressure on Western Pride for the last couple of weeks of the season. It does. And that's a, a, a brave win for, for them. That's uh 
and and uh, yeah, that uh, they they win the uh, the series against Western Pride, the three game series, but uh, is enough for them to survive. Uh, Western Pride have managed to beat some other teams along the way. Uh, that and that win actually for Western Pride over Virginia last week that could be the decisive one. But uh, look, while they're still in it, Morton Bay yeah, uh, are still are still a chance uh, to to avoid the drop. Absolutely, Morton Bay, they are still alive in the fight. And I think they actually do play Virginia at home in two, in two weeks' time. So maybe they might be able to to repeat the trick that Western Pride did and then reverse the tables. We'll have to wait and see. But we'll go through the table now in FQPL1. Women's Brisbane City are top and they are promoted and premiers on 51 points. Southwest Queensland Thunder on 32. Broadbeach, sorry, Virginia 25. Broadbeach United found around at the top four on 24 then it is also Logan Lightning on 24 points, Rubina 21, Western Pride 11, Morton Bay United on 9. The FQPL1 gold boots, and apologies, this is going to be a Brisbane City-a-thon here. Adam Steph Latham has 40 goals, and she's the runaway winner of the FQPL1 women's gold boot. Abby Lloyd is in there for Southwest Queensland Thunder on 22. Then it's Georgia Thompson, 19, and both Blaney and Sharm Fryer and Ash Hummels all on 11. So... What's that? Five of the top six from Brisbane City. It just illustrates the utter dominance they've had, and they've also scored a hundred goals now for the season. So that's pro- and those five players have probably got ninety percent or more of them. Hundred fifteen goals and seventeen matches. So yes, you'd expect that uh, they they other than uh, Steph Latham's lazy forty goals. Um, yeah, the the, the uh, rest of the the uh, attacking sort of uh, squad are sharing the goals around. Uh, but yeah. Uh, perfect season for uh, Brisbane City. That looks that looks at its mercy. But uh, yeah, the shock, the, the ten. That was a very very ruthless performance. Uh, and that's really sort of Logan looked like that. They were probably the team that uh, were were charging back into the final four. It's a final four. But uh, that that loss um, that loss does uh, sort of hobble them a little bit. Uh, Virginia were up the third, which is uh, they've had some their their form. They've um, mixed their form. Up, uh, up, so, so surprisingly. So, uh, yeah, the the, uh, the race for the for the at least for the final two spots that that could that could be go any way of um, any way of four teams for those two spots. Because even Rabina on twenty one points is still sort of well in commission, especially the way those all those teams mix form. It looks like Southwest Queensland Thunder they're gonna they're gonna wrap up second spot and that playoff against either. Um, either Olympic or Capalaba. It does look that way. And for Brisbane City to complete their perfect season, they have games against Rabina, Virginia and Morton Bay. So you'd say they're a good chance of doing that. Should we set the challenge to Steph Latham to get to the half century and raise the bat in the last three games? I mean, 10 goals in three games, it's a big ask, but the way she's scoring them at the moment, it might be possible. Oh yeah, <laughs> she could have won one more, one more for to break uh, Kelly Periferi's uh, record. Uh, and you'd think they'll come next uh Week or so, look, it's been a tremendous season season for her. But, uh, but yeah, well, look, anything, anything's possible at this stage. We'll see what happens. And no FQPL2 women this week, and they had the weekly weekend off. We won't go through the table for that either this week, but we'll go through the golden boot quickly. Tash Ridley and Malkovat sits top of that on 15, ahead of Shani Wilton and Annie Evans. So Tash Ridley potentially there securing a FQPL2 golden boot there for her. And with three, with three or four rounds to go in that competition. So... And you've had a very good season there. Who's your performer of the week this week, Adam, as we wrap the show up? 
Uh, look, there's some, there's some very obvious ones, but I'm in a, I'm actually going to go with uh, my original choice uh, from from yesterday, and uh, Abby Lloyd's four goals for uh, Thunder. Uh, she she's a player that uh, obviously has uh, scored a lot of goals in her career, and uh, yeah, another another four to her tally, and that's uh, and uh, yeah, that she's sort of. The sort of the primary reason why at least Thunder in this season, where Brisbane City have absolutely you know, dominated uh, that FUPL One Women's uh, competition, Thunder uh, second, they're gonna and they're gonna have a legitimate shot at uh, at returning to uh, the top flight. You mentioned there's some obvious candidates at Formula of the Week this week. You went for a player who scored four. I'll be really obvious to go for a player who scored five. Tegan writing <laughs> five goals in the second half. Yes, it's obvious. Yes, she's won there. Well, plenty of times before, but five goals in one half is a tremendous, yeah. tremendous achievement, and it's a form of the week. Alex, join me once again on the show this week. Yep. Thank you, Scott, and good night. Thank you. Enjoy the Cup Final in the Kappa Pro Series next week between Gold Coast and Olympic, as well as all the MPL and FQPL 1 women's action. Good luck to the Matildas tomorrow night against Canada. Hopefully they can overcome Canada and their oh, coach yeah. in that matchup and get through to the knockout rounds to play back here in Brisbane. We'll talk to you all again next week.